0: The Twenty-Third Day of the Month Live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. For God has graciously granted you the privilege of suffering for Him. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. Philippians 1, verses 27-29 and verse 3. The eighth beatitude, happy those who are persecuted in the cause of right, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Any dummy can be obnoxious enough to elicit persecution. It takes neither talent nor concentration. But to call forth persecution in the cause of right, that is quite another matter. Our capacity for self-deception is enormous. Thus, we can convince ourselves we are both working for the right cause and working at it in the right way, when in truth we are engaging in self-serving actions that detract from the causes we think we promote. It is possible to stand in the way of what is right, even when we are intending to walk in right paths. Therefore, our urgent need is to see ourselves as our critics see us. When we are derided for the causes we espouse, it is well to ask, Is the object of derision the cause I support, or my imperfect way of expressing that cause? When I feel constrained to criticize others, am I criticizing their causes and viewpoints, or them personally? Do I feel a sense of deep sadness within when I must stand against others, or do I feel a secret sense of glee or of superiority? Do I want to see those who criticize me persuaded and transformed or defeated and punished? How can I better be faithful to what I believe and at the same time be tender and compassionate in my manner and open to new understandings within myself? In the kingdom of heaven, the impurities of wrong motives for right actions cannot exist. They are refined away by the fire of divine goodness. Opening prayer. Remember, O Lord, all who are unjustly accused or wrongfully treated because they stand for what is right. To such persons give the comfort of your presence now and the assurance that they shall share in your triumph over all evil at the coming of your kingdom. Grant us also to stand for what is right, and to do this always with pure intention and wise action, that the causes we support may commend themselves to the world without distractions, we create, through Jesus who, without thought for himself, called forth the ultimate persecution and achieved the final victory. Amen. Psalm 9, verses 1 through 14. I'm thanking you, God, from a full heart. I'm writing the book on your wonders. I'm whistling, laughing, and jumping for joy. I'm singing your song, High God. The day my enemies turned tail and ran, they stumbled on you and fell on their faces. You took over and set everything right. When I needed you, you were there, taking charge. You blow the whistle on godless nations. You throw dirty players out of the game, wipe their names right off the roster. Enemies disappear from the sidelines, their reputation trashed, their names erased from the halls of fame. God holds the high center. He sees and sets the world's mess right. He decides what is right for us earthlings, gives people their just deserts. God's a safe house for the battered, a sanctuary during bad times. The moment you arrive, you relax. You're never sorry you knocked. Sing your songs to Zion dwelling God. Tell his stories to everyone you meet. How he tracks down killers, yet keeps his eye on us, registers every whimper and moan. Be kind to me, God. I've been kicked around long enough. Once you've pulled me back from the gates of death, I'll write the book on hallelujahs, on the corner of Main and First. I'll hold a street meeting. I'll be the strong leader. We'll fill the air with salvation songs. From the book of Genesis. Chapter 14, verses 1 through 24. In the days of King Amraphel of Shinar, King Arioch of Elisar, King Cherlar of Elam, and King Tidal of Guam, these kings made war with King Bera of Sodom, King Bersha of Gomorrah, King Shinab of Adma, King Shimabar of Zebuam, and the king of Bela, that is Zoar. All these joined forces in the valley of Sidom, that is the Dead Sea. Twelve years they had served. Chetilamar, but in the thirteenth year they rebelled. In the fourteenth year Chetalamar and the kings who were with him came and subdued the Raphaim in Ashturath Karanam, the Suzum in Ham, the Imim in Shavhakar, and the Horites in the hill country of Zire, as far as El Param, on the edge of the wilderness. Then they turned back and came to En Mishpat, that is Kadesh, and subdued all the country of the Amalekites, and also the Amorites who live in and Tamar. and the king of Sodom, the king of Gomorrah, the king of Admah, the king of Zeboim, and the king of Bellam, that is Zoar, went out, and they joined battle in the valley of Siddim, with king Chetelmar of Elam, king Tito of Goam, king Amraphel of Shinar, and the king Arif of Eliasir, four kings against five. Now the valley of Siddim was full of bitumen pits, and as the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled, some fell into them and the rest fled to the hill country. So the enemy took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their provisions and went their way. They also took Lot, the son of Abram's father, who lived in Sodom and his goods, and departed. Then one who had escaped came and told Abram the Hebrew, who was living by the oaks of Mamre the Amorite, brother of Eshcol and of Aner. These were the allies of Abram. When Abram heard that his nephew had been taken captive, he led forth his trained men born in his house, three hundred eighteen of them, and went in pursuit as far as Dan. He divided his forces against them by night, he and his servants, and routed them and pursued them to Hobah, north of Damascus. Then he brought back all the goods, and also brought back his nephew Lot with his goods and the women and the people. After his return from the defeat of Chetelmar and the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shaveth, that is, the king's valley and King Melchizedek of Salem brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High. He blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, maker of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him one-tenth of everything. Then the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the persons, but take the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have sworn to God Most High, maker of heaven and earth, that I would not take a thread or a sandal strap or anything that is ears, so that you might not say, I have made Abram rich. I'll take nothing but what the young men have eaten and the share of the men who went with me, Anner, Eshcol, and Mamre. Let them take their share. From the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 8, verses 1 through 13. Now the main point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister in the sanctuary and the true tent that the Lord, and not any mortal, has set up. For every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices. Hence it is necessary for this priest also to have something to offer. Now if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, since there are already those who offer gifts according to the law. They offer worship in a sanctuary, that is, a sketch and shadow of the heavenly one, just as Moses was warned when he was about to erect the tent. For God said, See that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown to you on the mountain. But Jesus has now obtained a more excellent ministry, and to that degree he is the mediator of a better covenant, which has been enacted on the basis of better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no need to look for a second one. God finds fault with them when he says, The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their ancestors on the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. For they did not continue my covenant, and so I had no concern for them, says the Lord. This is the covenant, that I'll make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds, and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people, and they shall not teach one another or say to each other, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, for I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. In speaking of a new covenant, he has made the first one obsolete, and what is obsolete and growing old will soon disappear. From the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verses 43 through 54. When the two days were over, he went from that place to Galilee, for Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in the prophet's own country. When he came to Galilee, The Galileans welcomed him, since they had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the festival, for they too had gone to the festival. Then he came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had changed the water into wine. There was a royal official whose son lay ill in Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went and begged him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, Unless you... See signs and wonder, you will not believe. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my little boy dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and started on his way. As he was going down, his slaves met him and told him that his child was alive. So he asked them the hour when he began to recover. And they said to him, Yesterday, At one in the afternoon, the fever left him. The father realized that this was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. So he himself believed, along with his whole household. Now this was the second sign that Jesus did after coming from Judea to Galilee. These are the words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Monday's Prayer Remember, O Lord, all for whom we prayed while gathered yesterday in public worship. Teach us how best we may serve them with deeds of love and kindness. Forgive us for any whom we neglected in prayer. Help us to open our hearts to the needs of all. Grant that what you taught us to do we may both ponder and perform. We bless you for the signs of your love revealed in bread and cup by these gifts grant us not only hope until we gather at the heavenly banquet, but also graciousness that we may share with others among us, the fruits of this earth. If anyone made a profession of faith, baptism, confirmation, or reaffirmation, please lift up their name at this time. Make firm and steadfast the faith of those who yesterday made covenant promises in the midst of the congregation, that they may be worthy disciples, remind us continuously to keep the promises we have made to them as sisters and brothers in Christ Jesus. Bind into one company of hope and one community of service all that you have made and redeemed by the sacrificial life and death of Jesus, our risen Lord. Amen. A prayer titled, God, help me live today. God, more than anything else in the world, I just don't want to be sick anymore. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, people, places, and things, the courage to change the things I can, my attitudes, and the common sense to know the difference. God, help me to please to stay clean and sober this day, even if it's in spite of myself. Help me, Lord, to stay sensitive to my own needs and the things that are good for me, and to stay sensitive to the needs of others and the things that are good for them. And if you please, Lord, free me enough of the bondage of self that I may be of some useful value as a human being, whether I understand or not. That I may carry my own keys, maintain my own integrity, and live this day at peace with you, at peace with myself, and at peace with the world I live in just for today. God help me during this day to demonstrate that it is good for me to love and to be loved. It is good for me to understand and to be understood. It is good for me to give and to receive. It is good for me to comfort and to allow myself to be comforted. It is obviously far better for me to be useful as a human being than it is to be selfish. God help me please to put one foot in front of the other, to keep moving forward, and to do the best I can with what I have to work with today, accepting the results of whatever that may or may not be. Amen. Receive this benediction and blessing by Miriam Therese Renter. May the blessing of God, fountain of living water, flow within us as a river of life. May we drink deep of her wisdom. May we never thirst again. May we go through life refreshing many as a sign of healing for all through the one who is life eternal. Amen.